0: Okay, good morning, Faith Fellowship. (laughs) Yes, if you have your Bible, I know you do, be turning to Acts chapter 7. So you know we have this kind of this theme that we've had. First we had faith matters. Last week we had worship matters. Now we're talking about leadership. And in our intro for last week was an opportunity for us to kind of look at the life of Joseph. In light of worship, I want you to just remember some things just from last week. I know you were with me, but, you know, maybe if you're just writing it down or you just want to jog your memory a little bit. Remember, we said this. We cannot rely on our flesh to worship. We must obey the Lord from a place of worship. Humility will always be a part of our worship and hardship won't deter us from worship. Those things absolutely have to be on The table. It's the thing that Stephen is bringing them up to uh, an understanding of as he has displayed to them that they are faithless but fleshly. Uh, They worship themselves, they worship the office that they have, not the Lord. And so now he's picking them apart from the great Moses. See, there's something about this that was really telling, and I need to list some names for you. Uh, in order to try to set your mind a bit. There's Jim Lee, Troy Stocksdale, Brian Clark, Wayne Shipley, Alan Shelby, Sam Miles, Dan Renault, Andrew Ong, Eric Phillips, James Fife, Joe Paul, Ryan Blackstock, Tarl Knightsey, Kenny Morgan, Brandon Briscoe, the entire pastoral and leadership staff at MBT. I listed all of those names because all of those individuals have had an impact on my life. And the reason why I'm standing here today. It was their leadership that I have witnessed, seen, and been a part of. And even got to the point where I desired the similar fruit that they had. See, Moses is revered. But he's not often followed. And I mean, if you think about Moses... He has a statue that I have had the opportunity and privilege to see. But man, people don't follow that guy's heart. It's something telling. See, you might ask yourself about these names. Man, they made that investment. And it's a major key to the privilege of ministering in the way of fellowship leader. I follow not simply as a fan or spectator of their leadership, but I got close enough to not only see it, but desire it. And so the question on the floor for you is this then. Who's on your list? Who's on the list of individuals that you have watched in your life and you said, man, I see this person. And I'm more than just a fan of them. I'm following them. And I'm following them to the point that it says, I, man, I want fruit like they have. I said those very words in, in relation to Dan Renault. of being in Kaya, not having a role but just being a brother in a Bible study with him, I love that guy. I watched his heart for his people. Man, jealous to some degree of the of having somebody like Blade be the fruit of, the, of his willingness to just share the gospel and invite him. And I remember just on the ride home because, well, Eric, we were all kind of a part of that Bible study at one point in and out. And I remember just on the way home, just talking to the Lord myself, just saying, Lord, I want fruit like that. Lord said, oh, do you? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Praise the Lord. No turning back. See, the other thing I want to ask you is, are you a spectator, a fan, or a follower? Do you have fans? Are you a fan, rather, uh, of men and women in this church that you love and you're like, man, I, it, you're praise to God for that person. You're all about it and and all of that, but you ha- you're not following them doing anything. You're not helping them. You're not with them. You just make sure you greet them every Sunday, every Tuesday. You speak well of them. Man, that's not enough. I'm not interested in having fans. I pray that I have followers as I follow Christ that desire the fruit that I have for themselves. When God's people love the brethren and see how God is using them, it should propel us to a conversation with God about his plans for us. It did for me. God heard me. And I'm here. And still, we don't even know where that's going to end up. You get to watch. And so, this leads us to Moses. If we were to try and read all of Acts 7, the the space that we're going to be in Well, we don't have the time for that. (laughs) And so what I try to do here is just give you a little framework. If you have not studied Moses, you absolutely need to do that. He is an incredible man of God. I even listed here. The life of Moses was extraordinary in an extraordinary time. He was a son destined to live when Jewish boys were being killed. A young man trained in the ways of Egypt and of Israel by his mother. Make no mistake about that. His mom made that investment. A, uh, a young man, excuse me, a, a man working through his privilege in, in an Egyptian home in the face of national anti-Semitism. A man having a heart to serve God and a flesh that was willing to perform it. Then he killed that guy. He's trying to work out who he is And who it is that probably his mom is whispering, you are special. A man with no nation and no community after his acts. A humble man called out by God. A faithful man sent to lead God's people. And if you look at the framing at the top and the very bottom. On the top he's a son destined to live. shows how special he is. But man, he has to go through quite a bit to become a faithful man sent by God to lead God's people. Right? And so the listen. So I'm saying that to say, there is a journey for you to get to where wherever it is that God will have you to get. But you got to go through it. Stephen is highlighting Moses to clarify, one, his position on Moses. And... The position that all of Israel has of him, but also to, excuse me, to highlight their hard heartedness of Israel then and now. Man, Moses was an awesome man used by God that had no listeners. We lost a whole generation of individuals under his leadership. You understand that? You don't think that weighed heavily on his mind? that only the children of those of that generation at lost, and Joshua and Caleb are the two oldest guys that make it into the promised land? Shameful. And yet he stayed the course. And so this sets up our, our thesis for today. Biblical leaders are created from biblical followers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> See, we can talk about leadership all you want, but if you don't know how to follow, you ain't going to lead nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you. You guys know we say this around here a lot. Ephesians 4, uh, 11 through 13 says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Why? To we all come in the unity of the faith, now the knowledge of the Son of God, and to a perfect man, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's the goal. It's not about that one leader being somebody that is statuable. Mm -hmm. It's about all of us (laughs) getting to the point where we all fit under the mold that Christ is. And so we have some things that we must look at. Our first key point this morning is going to be this. Leaders must be spirit led. Let's look at verse 35 of Acts chapter 7. It says... This Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. See, God had sent him, but God's people had refused him. And then one of the things that's kind of important in in Proverbs 9, 6, it says, Forsake the foolish and live and go in the way of understanding. And then if you skip down to 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. See, the one thing that is a fatal flaw of what he did at that point which led him to be a man with no community and no country is he did what was ordained by God in his flesh. And remember last week we said, you can't do that. You cannot rely on your flesh. He thought to maybe get to a position of prominence without the Lord's okay. Man, God is not going to okay the killing of this individual, but now here it was. Here I'm seeing an injustice. I go to do something about it, and I do it in the flesh. And what happens? The people reject him. And to some degree, they have something to hold over Moses. I mean, they're kind of right. His position is not one that is well. And so what can happen is this. Spectators will always judge your mistakes. That's why you got to be spirit led, because when you make mistakes in the flesh, those that are fans, those that are spectators, those that are just simply watching you do whatever you do, they will judge everything you do. So I don't want to give them anything to say. The Lord is looking for me to be blameless and harmless. Right. And that doesn't mean I'm going to make every decision perfect. But it does mean that I can back up what I've done with the Bible. Could Moses have said that? No. Leaders must be spirit led. Man, listen, don't ever get to the point because, you know, we got Christian lingo around here. You can learn the dialogue. You don't actually have to go and be a part of any of the classes that we have. You can just sit here Sunday and listen to Sam and you are getting somewhere between D2 and FBI information every Sunday. And you can learn the lingo. You can learn the right thing to say. You can learn the right things to do and still your heart be so far away from the Lord. Guys, we don't want to be guilty of that. See, there's something special about dependence. It forces you on your knees. I'd rather... You know, if men are going to say anything ill of me, then Lord, man, to know, be comforted by the fact that the Lord is pleased with my actions because I did what he said to do. That's a better way to sleep. It's a better way to live. Our key point number two is this. Leaders must know who they are. And... Verse 37, you look down and says, this is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me, him shall ye hear. See, Moses knew that he was just a vessel. Moses foretold of a greater prophet that they would actually listen to. It reminds me of somebody else that says something similar in John. 115, John bear witness of him and cried, saying, this was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Moses understood that. He knew that he was just a a gear or excuse me, a tooth on a gear, not the whole gear. And so that's the best place for a leader to be in. See, then I don't get worked up when if I know I'm just a part of it. And it also tells me I get to be a part of it. I should be encouraged by that because the gear that is moving and turning this ship is huge and all-powerful. And the Lord says, hey, you want to be a tooth? Come on. I'll get you on there. And you'll have fruit. And you'll help to move things forward. Those leaders don't understand this because, again, they've just now reduced their roles to what they wear and where they sit in high places. Not the effect that it has. And look at what it's done to Israel by this point. We have watched the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and half, more than half of these individuals cannot recognize that this is the Messiah. On their watch. That's what their leadership has produced. You gotta know who you are. You're not it. And it's okay. See, it's like the thing I always say about this pulpit. This is the nicer one. We used to have a that music stand. And when we go back, we may have the music stand again. Praise the Lord. It does the same thing. It doesn't matter. But this thing has any man's name on it who will be faithful. Not mine. You gotta see yourself that way. This is why we don't need fans. We don't need spectators, people who will just look from a distance and not be a part. That leads us to our third key point. Leaders must be satisfied with obedience to God. Well, this is tough. In verse 39, it says to whom our fathers would not obey, but thrust him from them and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt. This is rough because, you know, the thing was, is like, it's just constant murmuring, constant correcting. I think about, you know, the moment where um, the calf is constructed. People died that day. I mean, you know, we, we have seen fantastic things take place. God has moved. Everybody has witnessed it. You watch your enemies drown in the Red Sea. And now we are worded like you just gave Moses a menu of what you miss in Egypt. Like, come on, man. Sometimes we can do the same thing, right? And it can be super frustrating as a leader. I'm telling you. You know, you are giving people truth and they're just like, nah, well, no. (laughs) I no. Refuse to obey. Here's the thing I gotta be okay with. I gotta be okay that I'm obeying the Lord. And that my prayers for you are one that you will obey. And that really that I would get to the point that I would stand in the gap on your behalf and that the Lord wouldn't lay to your charge the things that you have done. That's the true heart of a leader. Not looking to be right or somehow justified in your when your life is falling apart. That's not. No. What kind of leadership is that? But the thing I think that we often look for is all. The, if God is not providing fruit, then he's not in it. And then I don't want to do it and I become dissatisfied with it. And, nope. It's about him and you and the closeness that you have with him. That's the thing about Moses that I think a lot of people miss. Him and the Lord, close. Psalm 106.21 says, They forgot God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt. Wondrous works in the land of Ham and terrible things by the Red Sea. Therefore, he said that he would destroy them had not Moses, his chosen, stood before him in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Boy, that is is That's the heart of a leader that is frustrated. <laughs> right. And this is what he does when the Lord is basically telling Moses, we'll just start over with you. We'll just make new people from your seed. How? How? To a human being, if God has given you that option, that sounds great. (laughs) Right? That sounds like an amazing thing, but he had already fallen in love with the same people that God loves and came to rescue. So much so that he stood in the gap for him. Will you be willing to do the same? Because that's what we need in leadership here at this church. You have to ask yourself these hard questions. See, I... I don't, I don't want to let where other people are dictate where my faith is. My faith has to be steadfast, concrete. Do I know the Savior truly in that way? If I do, then guess what? Then my heart is always for you. Because his heart is always for you. Our fourth key point. Leaders must be an example of how to follow. In verse 40, it says, Saying unto Aaron, Make us gods to go before us, for as for this Moses, which brought us out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. The people despised Moses, so they despised God. The people despised how Moses was being led, and they refused to be led. In Romans 6-8, through there is something that we have to obviously address here with this. Not as though the word of God had taken none effect, for they all are not of Israel which are of Israel, neither because they are all the seed of Abraham are they the children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. See, the one thing that obviously we would have to address is if some people that are coming up close and they're watching great men and women of God be moved and be utilized, but they don't want to be a part of it. It could be that, well, they don't even, they need to get saved. That's the problem, right? Right? But if you are a child of God, what's your problem? You see what I'm saying? Man, I pray that nothing that I have said from this place has ever put you off to where you didn't, as the, the men in this classroom go, man, I want to follow Dell and I want to learn to, maybe I'll start with announcements and then eventually I can teach in a class or word from the Lord or whatever. Remember, I'm going to give opportunity to everybody. Because that's what happened to me. So I think it's particularly shameful of Israel that they were so worried about, like, he's gone. He's in the presence of the Lord. But you don't want that. You want to make gods that you can craft. How good is that God if you made it? You see what I'm saying? And when he comes down, remember how it was. They couldn't even stand to see the glory of God on his face. Man, do you sometimes look at, I'm telling you, man, I, I've been around Sam a long time. That guy is not looking for you to vaunt him up and what he knows and even what he's going to share today. You can learn it for yourself. Do you want to? Because now, maybe it is you're afraid of the responsibility that you will have once you know it. And so then you just refuse to learn it. You you refuse to be faithful in it. That's not what we want. You have to get to this point. To be a fan, a spectator, or a critic leaves you always looking with no attention of being a part. And so... In conclusion, really, it's simple. Stephen's warning to the rulers was this. Despite all that God has done for Israel, it still refuses to submit to its deliverer, and its leadership suffers for it. Listen, if you don't submit as a follower of Jesus Christ, how are you ever going to get to a point of leadership? you got to submit. Like, if, I mean, you, you have to. It was the thing, listen, it was the thing for me that was so critical at the point where when, when posed the question of, am I ready to move forward uh, with faith fellowship? And, uh, of course, you guys all know, my initial answer was no. <laughs> and so, but thankfully, we had been looking at Exodus, and I looked into... Um, I went back to chapter 3, chapter 4. Everything that Moses was saying, I I was saying the same thing in my heart. Every reason for why I couldn't do it, like, oh, I lack something, or I don't have the ability to do it, or I I just don't want to do it, and the Lord answered him at every turn, and I remember that point. You know how, you guys know there are times when you read the Word of God, like, you got a choice to make, right? Like you just, you read it and you're like, doggone it. Because <laughs> I'm either going to tell the Lord, my Holy Spirit, right now I'm refusing to obey or I'm going to move forward in obedience. And I remember that. <laughs> and so I think I probably said something to the string like, babe, uh, <laughs> we will be starting fake fellowship. Because I couldn't make an argument that the Lord couldn't answer. Praise the Lord. It's been five years. I mean, I I can't believe that. Right. And so I'd like to think that somehow I'm even a follower of Moses as he is following in obedience to God himself. Because you know what? After the Lord answered all his questions, he went and did it. And he had to be encouraged along the way. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy and it's just this off on switch where now you've made the decision. You know how it is. The devil's like, oh, you did really watch this and your flesh. Oh, really? Watch this, man. It's going to be hard, but I'm telling you, I don't regret for one second saying yes. I don't regret for one second looking at these guys and getting next to them enough to follow this man to El Salvador to get to the point where now I'm leading trips in Tampa. He said I would be doing that. Man, you are missing out if you don't do it. There are places that your heart is burning for. Some of you want to go to the various church plants. Man, stop letting your flesh tell you no. It's the thing that, unfortunately, Israel still has not learned. It's the thing that Stefan had to bring to their knowledge. The leadership matters. And now they're the leaders of Israel and they're leading them nowhere. Nowhere. Guys, let's not be that. We have an opportunity in front of us with all the gospel and everything that it means to us in discipleship and planning churches. And the Lord is like, I mean, just jump in. Don't worry about where you land. It doesn't matter where you land. Just let him guide that. Just get in and tell him you're afraid. You don't think Moses didn't tell him that. Man, I know you're afraid because I'm afraid. But I don't have the spirit of fear. So at some point, I have to address what does the Word of God say my position should be. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so as I just continue to just be encouraged by what the Word of God says, guys, the future for me has a question mark on it, And that's okay. Because behind the question mark is the Lord going, I got you. What are you worried about? And so in terms of an invitation... For those that are in this room that have trusted on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, man, praise God for that. I, I promise you there's more to your life than what it is currently. I promise you. Don't let your flesh win. Don't let the devil win. That's what he's designed to do. He's really good at his job. God is calling you to something else, something more. And so just let's let's just together, if we just do it together, it's, it's comforting because <laughs> it's like, oh, you're with me. OK, great. I'm afraid. You're afraid. Yeah. Pray for me. I got you. Let's go. Right. And then we can do that. And we can just see. Let's let faith fellowship see what God has for all of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Um, just for your word again, and, and uh, Lord, thank you for the example of Moses. Lord, we, we don't put any more value on his name than is necessary. He's not Jesus Christ. Um, but Lord, he is a man that you use mightily. And Lord, I unfortunately, there are not a lot of people that follow him. And um, Lord, help us to look at his example with all the doubts that he had going into it. Lord, he just, you answered them. Lord, it's telling about your heart that you answer our doubts. That you're not just upset that we have doubts. But Lord, you'll answer. your comfort. You'll instruct. You'll provide. And then Lord, we can be fruitful. We can be a part of what it is you're doing. Lord, I pray for the hearts and minds of the individuals in this class. Lord, that we would have a heart for your mission. And know that we will stay on task despite everything that tries to derail us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, I love you. You're dismissed.